0: This is Homebuyer Talk Radio with your host, Mark Ebinger. Now, here's Mark. Welcome to Homebuyer Talk Radio. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk about a great rehab loan that many homebuyers don't know about. We're going to find out exactly what HVAC inspectors are looking at when they do your annual air conditioning system checkup. And we're going to talk about a huge mistake small businesses are making with their Facebook and Instagram ad strategies that lead to a massive waste of money. In studio with us today is Carl Silva, a real estate agent who specializes in helping clients build long-term real estate investment portfolios. Carl, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Mark. Happy to be
0: here. I found you on YouTube when you were talking about this type of stuff, and I'm like, I got to get this guy on the show. Also in studio with us today is Gabriel Sanchez, a master electrician and mechanical contractor. Gabriel, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, Mr. Mark. Pleasure to be here.
0: Pleasure to have you in the show, sir. I've really enjoyed getting to know a bit about your business and what you do, uh, watching a couple videos about your customers and how satisfied they are. So I'm excited to chat with you. Uh, about this big topic of HVAC, which is huge in San Antonio. So I'm looking forward to it. A quick reminder for our listeners to catch our podcast and watch video versions of the show anytime by visiting our website at homebuyertalkradio.com. And if you have a business that services homeowners, buyers, or sellers, and you'd like to be on the show, visit homebuyertalkradio.com and click on the link to apply. All right. So first up on the show is Carl Silva. He's a licensed real estate agent and managing partner at Silver Property Group. Carl, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks again, Mark. Appreciate so it. So,
0: what made you? Before we get too far into it, what made you get started on YouTube? Why did you do that?
1: Uh, well, honestly, it's just very obvious that that's the path that we need to head as as a company, and mostly everybody, especially small businesses. Mm-hmm. YouTube are where people are spending a lot of their time hanging out and getting the educational type information that they're looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we just wanted to be able to provide more value to as many people as possible. And YouTube is a platform for
0: that. And it's nice because they get to know you a little bit. They get to know you personally, uh, your personality, right? Right. Not personally, but your personality. And then uh, they choose you. Exactly. uh, Which I love that. Evergreen. Yeah, it is twenty four seven, three sixty. There on
1: YouTube, and people can just see you anytime.
0: Yep, doesn't never files insurance claims. No. It just it just nope. it works for it you twenty four seven. So, all right. So rehab loans. So obviously, in San Antonio area, we are growing extremely fast. We have a low inventory situation. And so this idea of rehab loans was interesting to me because it opens up another avenue for people to get into a home that that they want um, and and take advantage of this program. So I want to talk about what this is. It's called a 203K loan.
1: Correct. It's an FHA 203K loan. So it's backed by the government. It's backed by the government. Correct. But it also comes with government requirements. Okay. Gotcha.
0: So um, would you agree with me that it is a bit of a thing here in San Antonio? This this two hundred three K. Oh oh
1: absolutely yeah yeah uh, you should be trying to utilize any renovation loan right now depending on what type of loan you're wanting to get
0: because of the inventory situation
1: because of the inventory situation absolutely yeah,
0: yeah yeah so why would somebody choose to do a loan like what would trigger something like that to happen
1: I think that it's taking a couple months for buyers to realize I might not get into that home that I want or the competition's super fierce yeah um, and. I'm not gonna be able to win these bids because I don't have a lot of liquid cash to put up. And so we're finding that a lot of people are giving up, but there's something in the middle there that people are missing. And whether you're getting conventional or VA or FHA financing, there's a renovation loan for you where the bank will cover a lot of your renovation costs within your loan up to a certain limit. And that helps home buyers a lot because you might find a home that has the right square footage, it's in the right area, But it wasn't taken care of because it's been a rental for a long time. No one else wants it. But if you can get creative on how you can fix it and, and beautify it, just cosmetic kind of rehab, you could potentially get yourself into a home where other people aren't trying to buy that home, fix it up a little bit with the bank's money. And now you potentially have a home that's a lot closer to what you were looking for and you don't have to spend months and months and months trying to find it
0: so does the bank base that loan on or the lender base that loan on what the uh, finished value is going to be
1: exactly so if you purchase a home it's say 225 but it needs thirty thousand dollars in repairs then that would be 255 all in and if after that 255 all in the appraiser comes out and says hey it's actually worth 280 you did a really good rehab now you've got equity in the home and they're going to give you that money if that appraisal does come back a little bit lower the bank's only going to give you a certain amount of it, and you'll have to come out of pocket for the rest. So there is strategy involved in what gets done and what gets held off well, or do what they are willing to pay
0: for. Do they have to make payments on their mortgage while the renovation is going on?
1: No. So oh, Wow. So the renovation takes six months, and after the six months, that's when everything starts.
0: So what happens if the renovation takes three months? Can you still go, six, or as soon as you move in, you start paying? or?
1: So it's my understanding that you have a HUD inspector that works directly on your side. That's mm-hmm. provided by the lender, or it's hired by the lender, approved by the lender. And once they have let the lender know that all repairs and everything have been done, all the re- renovations that you have put into your plan have been done, and, and what's been paid for, that's when the lender knows, okay, renovations are done, we're going to start these mortgage
0: payments. So it starts right away. Yeah. And And so this HUD inspector you're talking about, is that like an inspection company? Because I know like Mike Marlowe with Veteran exactly. Home Inspection. Yeah. He's doing this. I know he's involved in this kind of stuff as well. So he would be one of those people you're talking about? He would
1: be the person oh, that okay. I called. Yeah, yeah. I love Ma- Mike Marlowe and he's extremely educated in this HUD consulting area and yeah. the 203K renovation loan area. He's the go-to guy.
0: We're actually going to have him on and we're going to be talking more about this with Candy Williams as Great. well. With, as you had told Excellent, me, yes. uh, Candy is like the go-to person when yep. it comes to this kind of thing. Yep. All right. So advantages obviously are you can get into a home that's going to eventually appraise higher. Right. So your loan value and, and you can roll all of that rehabilitation uh, money into that loan. Right. You don't have to come up with it yourself. Those right. are huge Absolutely advantages.
1: Huge. Absolutely. For families who feel like they're just never going to find a home or they just can't compete this is a way to kind of think outside the box and get creative with, well, what are our options? Because it's not just important to get that home, it's important to get a home for your family. And so if you can get creative and think of like, okay, well, let me just spend a few months rehabbing this property, then you could find yourself in a really nice home and not have to fight too hard for it.
0: So what are the requirements once you get the, so you're going to get the loan, what are you promising the government uh, or the backers of this loan and the lender that you're going to be doing?
1: Well, first of all, you have to... um, you have to improve the property properly. you can't just add a whole bunch of stuff depending on the loan you can't just add add things that don't add any value to the property or things that aren't directly connected to the property That's one thing. secondly, you have to live in the property for twelve months or at least you have to prove that it was your intention to live in the property for at least twelve months
0: so let's break that down for uh, real quick so let's say your rehabilitation your rehab takes four months mm-hmm. to do is that included? in your live in 12 months. Part.
1: Absolutely. And that's one of the best parts is that they give you up to six months for your rehab. And if it takes that six months or in your in the, your example, four months, mm-hmm. then that's four months towards your 12 months. And you only really have to stay in there another eight months after your renovation's done.
0: So I can see an angle for investors here, or you like maybe even startup investors who people want to flip homes mm-hmm. and they're, they're willing to live in it for six months minimum, mm-hmm. Yep. Um. And then they can sell it right away without getting in any kind of problems or raising any red flags with vendors or or exactly. lenders or any of that kind of stuff. Exactly.
1: Right? Sell it or rent it. Uh, ideally, you'd want to hold on to it and and just keep it and just keep purchase every year. Purchase a new home through a renovation loan or through FHA or whatever. And the FHA, no matter what the loan is, going to require you to stay there for twelve months because it's a government funded. Loan yeah, absolutely. Program. And so if you just stay in a, a house every year. And then the next year you buy a new home, buy a new home. You can do more homes in a year, but your, single, your, uh, your primary residence, typically you'll only buy one of those a year.
0: So you're talking about setting up rental properties then? So.
1: Exactly, yeah. And and you want to utilize your primary residence uh, because that's gives you the lowest down payment, 3.5% down. If you're buying a rental property, like an investment property, you're going to end up paying 15 20% down, which is a huge ton of money when you're looking at. Three and a half percent versus
0: twenty percent well let 's take a look at the down payment let 's talk about that for a second so let's say somebody wants to do this right as an investment ultimately right um, and they really don 't have any money to put down. Can they get their loan based on the uh, the appraisal value and then that kind of makes it so they don 't have to put a down payment because they're going to their house is going to appraise for you know sixty thousand dollars more at right. the end of the day, so they don't have to put that down payment. Is that a strategy
1: It could be a strategy. The thing is that the uh, the down payment is paid at closing and so if the so that's
0: pre-appraisal
1: so the the appraisal comes in before closing and that lets us know okay where's the arv like okay. gonna be you're like where are we at and then the closing happens you pay your down payment you also have to pay a contingency which is i think like no 23%. no
0: so I, want, I just want to be clear on yeah. um if if i'm buying a house for three hundred thousand, it's going to repraise at four hundred thousand when i'm done and let's say I got to put 5% down or right. whatever, right? So do I have to put $15,000 down or can that be like, well, it's going to appraise higher so I don't need to put the down payment? That's the I, answer I'm looking
1: for. Right, right. So I think you can put, you have to put your down payment down. Okay, 15000 Yes, to close out the loan, you have to put your down payment and your contingency On down. On the current
0: value. Right.
1: Okay. And then once it's appraised or once it's appraised after renovations, then they'll look at that again. They'll see what kind of equity you have in the home from your renovations. Yeah. And you can allocate those towards those costs that okay. you have already.
0: Then, the, for covered. for my terminology, mm-hmm. can I pull that back out? Can I get my fifteenth out? Can I, when I close the loan, can I pull money out?
1: Not immediately. How far? And, to, and it has to do with that same criteria that you have to stay in there for a certain amount of time before you can start pulling out home equity. So that would loans. be
0: a whole. A home equity loan whole, yeah, type of operation. A completely
1: different loan. You'd have to refinance and do a uh, line of credit or do an equity loan.
0: So you're basically out that down payment. Correct. Ultimately, every time you do this, you're going to be out right. that down payment. Yeah. So
1: you have you have to be able to put down the amount that you need to to get the loan started, but it's really going to benefit you on the back end. And and you could get a lot of that money back and then just use that on your How would you property. give
0: me one example of how you would get that money back?
1: Just that equity that you build into the home through the ARV. Now you have equity, and as soon as you can pull that money out or borrow against it, okay, you can just and, – and this is how – not to get too deep into another topic, but this sure. is how a lot of investors build their wealth. Buy your first home. You approve it enough to where you can pull enough equity out where mm-hmm. that covers all of the costs for the next home. And if you do that with every home, then you only really buy one So home.
0: in San Antonio, our equity is growing all the time. Yes. I mean, people are not happy with their tax, yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: with the, the property world. tax bills that they're getting, right? Because everything's going up here. So this would be a good time to do this kind of stuff. And then, you know, when your house appraises, then you can, after a year, you right. can do borrow against it or pull out a home equity right. loan or whatever you're going to yeah. do to move on. That's outstanding. I love yeah. all of that.
1: Yeah. Great opportunity for buyers and families. Yeah, yeah. I love it.
0: So um, let's see here. Well, we covered really a lot of what we're going to get in. Um So what happens if you don't follow the rules and you decide, you know what, I, I, I want to go ahead. What would they be looking at if they try and leave that property? Yeah. Well,
1: uh, mortgage fraud, which is a pretty big thing. And that's a federal thing. So the FBI, the FBI, basically. Yeah. Yikes. Um, and uh, apparently they look out for this stuff. They're monitoring all kinds of Good. stuff and data and, and uh, indications that you may not actually be living there kind of thing. The penalties are up to 30 years in prison and or up to a million dollars in fines. Yikes. And it's not just the FBI that's looking at this stuff and monitoring. It's the lenders, too. So when you go apply for a new loan, but you're supposed to be primary residenced somewhere else, they have to flag that. So in detective
0: school, Gabriel, that would be what we call a clue.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I got yes. Gabriel on there because he look for clues.
0: He's yeah. got a background there. All right, so yes. if people want to reach out to you, Carl, how do they do that? How do Absol- they find absolutely.
1: you? Absolutely. Well, um, our number is two one zero three three zero nine six five four. Our website is group dot com. On social media, we're at Silver Property Group, and on YouTube, you can find us Civil Property Group.
0: All right. That's where I found you. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks Thanks, for that. I appreciate it. There's a lot of really great information. And, you know, I'm interested in getting into the whole, uh, you know, real estate investing side of it, but I don't know a whole lot about it. So I'm excited to meet as many people as I can. And who knows? Maybe we'll get a team going. We'll do some stuff. All right. So next up on the show is Gabriel Sanchez, a master electrician and mechanical contractor with 28 years experience in HVAC and 30 years as an electrician. So I guess he's new at this. I don't really know. Uh, so, and you're also a, a a veteran police officer in our a peace officer in our. Uh, yes,
2: sir. That is correct.
0: Yeah, awesome. So, thank you for your service there. Thank I you. Appreciate, appreciate that. that. I really respect that as a a retired police officer myself. Uh, I I know what you guys go through out there, and uh, respect and love it. Um. So, I found you just kind of through connections, but when I was doing some research, I mean, you're on Google, right? And you have four point nine star review on Google. It would be uh,
2: five, but it was a false. Um, oh,
0: there's always one. There's, yeah, there's gotta us. be one.
2: I like I don't even know who you are, ladies. She's
0: oh no gave me a
2: bad review and I never met her.
0: Got it. I, I hate to hate, right? Um but anyway, so and I've watched a couple videos of of your customers um and they're super satisfied with it. And there was one that really stuck, stood out to me, and it was uh, a husband and wife, and the, the wife was talking about how comfortable she was with the crew that was there being in the house while she was at home. And that's a huge statement. Um, when they're comfortable at. So, you know, kudos to you and how you you. run your operation. All right. So when it comes uh, today, we want to talk about, so things that homeowners can do throughout the year to maintain their HVA systems, right? Things to watch out for. Obviously, we're going to change filters, stuff like that. Um, But then also when you guys come out and do your inspection, what are you really looking at, right? What are we paying for? I've never asked those questions. I've had guys come out before and I'm like, I don't know what they're doing. Um, So I want to get into that today, but let's start with um, throughout the year, people are going to maintain their system. What are some simple things that regular homeowners like myself can do to help our unit last?
2: The uh, simplest things that you can do is when people are like mowing the lawn, make sure the AC unit is not running.
0: So, so the outside unit bringing in gas clip or grass clippings, right?
2: Right, and so all that starts clogging up the bottom of the coils of the unit, so it decreases the efficiency of the unit okay. on that part. Uh, the other one too that's real simple is uh, the biggest common mistake I see a lot of homeowners do when they have a one inch filter, they use a filter that's too thick for the unit.
0: Okay. So, one with, inch. When you say one inch, you're talking about the, the thickness of the it, thickness right? It's
2: like, they call it a one inch filter. So it's like a, a 20 by 20 by one. Did you see them all day at home? Yes. People. So those I've seen them where they put like a, with an FPR or a mirror, MIRV 10, which stands for, you know, filters, performance ratings, mirrors as is, is fancier word if it's the same thing. Okay. I wouldn't recommend anything than the number five. Anything okay. greater than number five, the unit is working a lot harder. So you're talking about the
0: here. density of the filter itself yes. now is actually interfering or causing too much restriction of airflow Yes, that puts stress on the unit.
2: That is correct. Okay. So that causes wear and tear on your equipment. Um, the unit, as far as like the refrigerant flow and all that, doesn't go back the way it should back to the compressor. So it eventually will kill your unit within time.
0: So it's really a holistic, it, it affects the unit holistically yes. right oh, the yes. whole unit
2: it makes a huge difference the the biggest the biggest problem i have come across is just poor installations the majority of the time on that and then the homeowners don't know if you have what they call the filter base is basically if your filters underneath the unit so a lot of people open up the closet and the, there is a filter right underneath the unit if you have anything bigger than the 2 ton and you have that filter base i already know it's wrong oh the majority of the customers when you pull, pull out the filters it looks like it's sucked up so it's causing a lot of restriction on there. That's what they call static pressures through the AC industry. So if you look at your but your nameplate, your model number, serial number it has the thing for static pressures. So it tests out like at 0.5 or below. That's what you want to be at. So what I've learned, you know, from trial and error, and uh, also from having an outstanding mentor uh, Eddie Mendoza from uh, Goodman, uh, that gentleman has taught me a lot on static pressures, airflow, and has made a huge difference on it. And that's one of the biggest problems I see when I go to homeowners, they have a filter that's too thick or they don't have sufficient return air going back to the unit. So just using by changing the filters just the density on like a number five will help the unit breathe better.
0: Okay. And then ultimately that leads to better performance of the unit, which leads yes. to less less cost yes. right on the homeowner and then longevity when it comes yes. to the unit itself. So when you guys come out and uh, you, know, you do the annual inspections, do you recommend people get an inspection done every year, every two years? Every two years. Every two years. Yes. Okay, awesome. I like that. It saves money, right? We've got a professional yes. tells yes. us yes. we don't have it to have it every year. Kind of um, and then so when you come out to the house, what are you looking at and what are you looking for and what are you finding?
2: The first thing I ask the customers is, um, you know, what, how is their comfort level? What do they have any concerns, et cetera, and they have hot spots? And they want to address that where they just want to strictly get preventative maintenance on the equipment.
0: So they may say, well, uh, one bedroom upstairs is not cooling very good. And then, so you would pay attention to, to yeah, that. Yeah, so I would
2: pay attention to all the customers' concerns. What are the, the biggest things? And then the first thing I start off is, I start off at the thermostat. See what the thermostat is doing. I check all the connections there because loose connections would cause a lot of failures as well. Um, so I check all that. And the next thing I move to is the indoor unit. I start inspecting the filters. Um, the filter's too thick. Or uh, it's a wrong size filter. Or they have those uh, washable filters, which I do not recommend okay. at all. Or those uh, real cheapy, cheapy 99 cents filters, the ones you can see through. Yeah. They're usually like blue or greenish color, sometimes even like a grayish, smoky color. Okay. So if you, if you can pick it up, if you can see right through it, guess what's going through it. Yeah, right. Everything, everything. else. Everything else. So we start off there. We check everything out, check the uh, the amperage on the motor, see what the manufacturer's, uh, recommendation amps to be in. If uh, the unit has a capacitor, we check what they call the microfarads on it. Then we check for all the loose connections because uh, a lot of loose connections can cause the equipment to fail. Especially, I had one yesterday. Customer was calling, and hey, this unit is acting up. It's a uh, gas furnace, which is only 120 volt system. And it uh, turned out it was a loose connection on the outlet yeah. itself. And the uh, converter was kicking in and out, in and out a lot. And by it, Turning in, turning off and on a lot, is gonna it can cause the compressor to fail. Okay. So it's a lot cheaper for us to go out there and just inspect all the loose connections, um, and repair it there than it is after the damage is done.
0: Gotcha. And what about like freon? Are you checking those as well? Yes.
2: That's, after we check the inside, we go to the outside. We check the uh, the pressures on the refrigerant, make sure they're at manufacturer's recommendation specs, and same thing. We're checking the amperage, we're checking the capacitor. Uh, we can check the uh, The uh, cleanness of the coil, Steve, we recommend for it to be cleaned out because if that outside coil gets clogged up with a lot of dirt, a lot of gunk, um, the compressor is going to overheat. So it's the same concept that the the best example I could give on this is during the summer, if you put a piece of cardboard in front of your radiator of your car and you're driving down the highway, what's going to happen?
0: Yeah, I actually did that. Went back in the the late 80s. I was up in upstate New York. It was really cold. I put a piece of cardboard in front of the radiator. I figured it would just let the car warm
2: up, and yeah,
0: it overheated pretty quick. Wow. Don't tell anybody I told you that. Wow. All right, cool. So uh, what else?
2: Well, the other thing, too, is the drain. Uh, I forgot to mention on the inside. that We also inspect the drain. It's something that the homeowners can also do themselves. Um, They can put bleach or vinegar at least once a month, especially during the summer. I prefer vinegar because biodegradable. Uh, Bleach within time will brittle your uh, PVC. PVC.
0: Oh, I did not know that.
2: It'll brittle it within time. It doesn't happen overnight, but within time, it makes it very brittle.
0: Well, they should be telling us that. It's the first time I've heard that. Yeah, awesome. All right, cool. So, um, and what do you like? What's like the number one problem you see when you go out to inspect a HVAC system? What's like the most common thing you're finding?
2: Um. Most common problem I come across is customers complaining that the unit is not cooling the house, right? Correctly through the whole house. And the majority of the time, it's, it's a poor design. It's a very the majority of the homes I come across out there have the typical four foot plenum, the plenum's that silver box where you see all your ducking coming out, all your flex duct coming out. The majority about four foot, you know, and that's just a real poor design. And then they don't have sufficient return air going back to the unit, so it can't balance itself out.
0: So no matter what they're doing to the, you know, the, as far as maintenance on the unit and all of that, where they're setting their thermostat and all that, if they've got a poor design, it's going to hit them in the pocketbook. Exactly. Every time. And inefficiency
2: as well. Yeah. So it, it, makes, it makes a huge difference on on the quality of the air and the comfort on there. Um, if your return is not sized accordingly to the size of your unit, then the unit's going to be struggling to suck in air. Yep. The, the best example I could give you is, like if you put a 20 by 20. So when you do, when we do the math, in in the filter size, it's you know twenty by twenty is four hundred, and then when you multiply it to is eight hundred. So eight hundred CFMs is only equivalent to a two ton. So for every four hundred CFMs, it's equivalent to one ton. So if you have only that on a five ton unit, which is equivalent between about eighteen hundred to two thousand CFMs. You're choking the unit tremendously from there between a 1,000 to 1,200 CFMs.
0: So for those of us who didn't understand exactly all of what you said there, it's like breathing through a straw. Yes, so pretty all much. Right. So if people want to get a hold of you, what's the best way for them to do that?
2: They can reach me at two one zero seven four two three two four two, and they can also find us on the web at uh, blackbeltacnelectric.com. All right, awesome.
0: Well, thanks for coming in, Gabriel. I really appreciate that I appreciate the
2: opportunity, sir. Thank you.
0: I learned. Carl, yeah, did you learn yeah, some
1: stuff? I, absolutely. I actually had a couple questions for him, but if we don't have time, I'll ask no. after the show. Well, yeah, after the show, you guys can chit-chat. <laughs> yeah, and got and questions for him, too, so we're good.
0: <laughs> awesome, awesome. All right, so uh, f- for the last segment, I want to talk uh, you know, to small businesses out there. That's one of the things for the show. We, I mean, we obviously talk about San Antonio lifestyle, San Antonio real estate. We want to talk about San Antonio small business. And because I'm in the social media space, I see all the time. It doesn't matter who I reach out to, and I reach out to a lot of people because I want to invite people on the show, and I always check them out on social media. And I consistent, like, uh, Gabriel, you see when you go out and you inspect, you see stuff that's fairly consistent, right? Yes. There's Okay, There's I see this over and over and over again. I see the same thing when it comes to social media because that's how I'm looking at it, right? A hammer looks at everything like a nail, and that's kind of how I'm looking at social media. So a couple of things we're seeing is really very little engagement that's happening on there. And then even people who are running Facebook ads, when I ask them, well, what are you doing with your Facebook account? And it's like, well, I want to build my business here because everybody needs to be on social media. And- we're running Facebook ads. But when I go to their profile page, it's like I went into their store and there's nobody there and there's nothing going on. There's nobody behind their register. In fact, there's not even a register because they haven't set their Facebook up to actually do business. It's just a place where they run ads from. Hmm. Um, but when people and consumers are smart, so they will click through when they see the ad. They'll click on that profile and they'll go to your Facebook page to see what's going on. Are you relevant? Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you focused on what's going on? Are you, do you have any kind of message for the consumers? So they're smart, um, but that's being missed. Um, another thing, of course, is a missing call to action. So uh, most people, when they're running Facebook ads, they do what I call an inverted uh, funnel. They're actually asking for the sale straight out without developing a relationship. Just like dating, right? If you meet a girl and you say, first thing that you say is, you know, Let's get married. I think you, you'd make a wonderful mother to my children. You're gonna freak the girl out. Even Brooks, like, whoa! She's 15 and she knows better than that, right? So, um, word for me.
2: <laughs>
0: but mail order brides don't count. Oh, I'm kidding. Yeah. So, uh, but but again, this is how a lot of uh, people who are promoting Facebook ads they they look at that and they go straight for that sale. when They're not cultivating any kind of relationship, and then when somebody clicks on that profile, and goes to their Facebook page, they're gonna see. A problem. They're going to see a disconnect there because nobody's going to their, their page. I call it a Hail Mary pass, right? They're trying to just go straight for that deal there rather than following uh, a real strategy that works. So it's just some things to, you know, think about. Um, If you're building a business on Facebook, you have to put dollars behind everything that you're doing because Facebook is pay to play. They're not going to show it. Don't take it personally. If nobody's liking your posts, it's because nobody's seeing them right? Exactly. You got to put dollars behind it. Um, and, and that's work. That's a job. And that's where people fail, right? They fail in the design of their business page, and then they fail at actually executing on it. So obviously, that's what I do. My uh, my Krukus uh, social media marketing agency, that's what we're all about is, is executing very well, simple and affordable. It's literally only $250 a month to manage that operation and then you have to of course you got to do ad spend we're not going to pay for the ads for you but our management fee is very affordable for small business so if that's something you're interested in please reach out and schedule a 15-minute demo with me by visiting www.krukus.com and click on the demo link that's krukus.com at dot com. so what do you guys think it went pretty fast right
2: pretty quick yes sir. yeah, yeah, yeah. you guys have a good time but yeah yes, sir. great
0: I, I really I enjoyed learning about you know the the HVAC world there. I, I think it's more palatable for me now. I feel comfortable actually having I need an inspection done by the way. Yes, sir. So I feel very exactly. comfortable with that. And I learned a tremendous amount, Carl, with the two hundred three loans. I'm excited to learn more about that, especially from an investment uh, proper uh, investment standpoint. Right. Um, and right now is a good time to be investing in yeah. real estate in San Antonio. Would you agree?
1: I would agree. Yeah, you got to pick it up while you can.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, that's going to wrap up the show for us. A quick reminder to check out our latest podcast on all the usual podcast platforms. And you can find video versions of the show at our website at homebuyertalkradio.com. That's going to be it for us. Guys, have a great week, and we'll see you on the next one.